this month, the most valuable startup on earth was getting ready to go public, Ant Group, a massive Chinese tech company. The company was expected to raise more than $34 billion, which would make it the biggest IPO of all time. Investors are rushing to buy into the group. We could see it debut north of $300 billion, which would be absolutely massive. That puts it in line with JP Morgan. It makes it one of the most valuable companies on the planet. And then the whole thing got called off. It was such a shock. It's almost unprecedented that you have such a huge deal being pulled at so close to the finishing line just two days before the actual listing. Our colleague Jing Yang covers finance in Asia. It turns out it was the Chinese government that stopped the anti-PO. And that, Jing says, sent a message. No matter how big you get, what's always most important is that your interests have to be aligned with the state's interest. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Monday, November 16th. Coming up on the show, how the biggest IPO ever came to a screeching halt. This episode is brought to you by Canva. When your work looks good, you look good. So create all the stunning presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos you need with Canva. Start with one of the designer-made templates or jump ahead with the power of AI. It's a real time saver and anybody can use it. Whatever department you work in, whatever you need, Canva will help you get it done and make it look fantastic. Start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more. Ant Group is controlled by the most famous entrepreneur in China, Jack Ma. He's best known for the company he built before Ant, which is a multi-billion dollar e-commerce platform called Alibaba. It's sort of like the Amazon of China. Jack Ma's success with Alibaba made him famous around the world. He speaks fluent English, just made him much more internationally recognizable. And he he himself is also a very charismatic and uh, flamboyant figure. One of the things he's known for is his elaborate performances at company events. There was one year he was dressed up as Lady Gaga saying, um, I need to check the song. What's the name of the same song from Lion King? Uh, can you feel the love tonight? Yeah, yeah. Can you feel the love You know, he has been a inspiration to a lot of entrepreneurs, both inside and outside of China. But over the last two decades, Jack Ma's global success presented a balancing act for the communist government in China. Companies like Alibaba have become a source of national pride. And I think the success of companies like Alibaba also made the government make technology innovation a priority. But on the other hand, they also you know, have to maintain control for the stability of the financial system. This tension would set Jack Ma on a collision course with the Chinese government because his next venture, Ant, would push the limits of that control over the financial system. 
The history of Ant starts with Alibaba. When Alibaba was still growing, it needed a way for its customers to easily make payments online. So it created a payments app called Alipay. It started out pretty similar to PayPal. As Alipay grew, Jack Ma decided to spin it off into its own company, which eventually became Ant. And along the way, the app became much more than an online payments processor. It's now one of the main ways that Chinese consumers pay for goods and services, both online and in person. If you are living in China, what are the ways throughout the day that you'd interact with Ant or one of its products? I definitely use Alipay to pay for all kinds of things, you know, whether online or offline. You know, I might purchase goods on Taobao, which is Alibaba's e-commerce marketplace. And I would also, maybe I wake up and then, you know, on my commute, I decide to stop at a coffee shop in the morning and I will use Alipay to pay for my coffee. And to give you a sense of, you know, how big Alipay is. So Alipay in the 12 months ended in June this year, it processed more than $17 trillion worth of payments. $17 trillion? Yeah, $17 trillion, $17 trillion dollars. And that is just as much as the payments processed by MasterCard and Visa combined. Part of the reason Alipay became so ubiquitous so fast is because it filled a major hole in the Chinese financial system. There are two things we need to know about China. Is that first, the penetration of credit cards in China is much lower than the developed countries. On the other hand, the penetration of smartphones is actually quite high. Alipay basically turned everyone's smartphone into a digital wallet. And as more users paid with Alipay, the company noticed a new opportunity. What you have is that I would have, you know, some idle cash sitting in my Alipay wallet. So then they noticed that there is this idle cash sitting on almost everyone's Alipay wallet. And they were like, then why don't we create a way for our users to be able to earn some returns on this idle cash? Alipay decided to create something kind of like a high-interest savings account built right into the payments app. It was an online mutual fund that people could invest in and withdraw from instantaneously. So that meant that if you had money left over in your Alipay app, you could put it into this fund and earn better returns than a regular savings account. It's called Yuebao, which basically means leftover treasure. And how did consumers respond to this service? Did it become a big hit? It became an instant hit. And by 2017, the fund, the, the main fund on Yuebao became the world's largest money market fund with more than $250 billion under management. Why did it become such a big hit so fast? I think first, you know, it, it was sort of piggybacking on the popularity of Alipay. And then secondly, it's also because there was just nothing like that when they created this. It served this need of a lot of consumers and individuals in China. They don't have good access to investment or wealth management products. Once again, Ant had filled a large gap in China's financial system. And it kept adding more financial services. It started offering insurance plans. You could use it to pay your utility bills. And it created a lending service that operated kind of like a credit card. Now, these loans are one of the fastest growing parts of the company's business. 
But as Ant grew bigger and bigger, regulators had more to worry about because consumers were taking money out of accredited banks and putting it into the hands of a tech startup. You know, Alipay essentially becomes a digital financial supermarket, right? And there was potentially enormous amount of risks that were building up within Alipay's ecosystem. You know, Alipay is not a bank, but essentially they were being perceived by users as a place where they can park their savings. That is basically, you have this huge pile of money that was running outside of the banking system in China, outside of the oversight of the regulators. But the government was reluctant to intervene in the country's most promising startup. Basically, the government is concerned about, you know, they don't want to hurt innovation, and that they do know that the kind of financial services that and provided to consumer small businesses do help with the growth of the economy. And then secondly, is also Ant has, throughout the years, aligned itself with very influential investors too. And in China, it has the backing, the financial backing of the National Pension Fund and some powerful individuals in China too. In this long-running battle with the regulators, Ant almost always won. But as Ant headed toward its IPO, the government started to take a very different approach. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones... Our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. This summer, Ant announced plans to go public with a historic IPO. And while Jack Ma had taken his last company, Alibaba, public on the New York Stock Exchange, this time he had a different plan. He decided to list Ant on exchanges in Hong Kong and Shanghai. Listing in China was a big deal. Since the country's been embroiled in a trade war with the U.S., the decision scored points with the Chinese government, which wanted to bolster the country's stock exchanges. It became this big victory. You know, China's homegrown um, tech champion chose to list at home. And it definitely helped the company and helped Jack Ma's political scorecards big time. And did it seem like those political points were paying off for Ant at first? Yes. So typically it takes, I think, at least a year, and it could take up to two years or even longer for a company to go public in China. You know, you have to jump through a lot of regulatory hoops. And in Ant's case, 
it secured all the regulatory approvals that was needed in less than two months. It was just incredible. It was just amazing. So that also sort of created, I think, a perception that the company was on the right side of the government. The company was also on the right side of investors who were clamoring to get in on the listing. Investors had committed a record $34 billion to the IPO. But then, less than two weeks before Ant was scheduled to go public, Jack Ma made a move that would throw the entire thing into jeopardy. On October 24th, Jack Ma made a speech at a high-level financial forum in Shanghai. The other speakers um, at that same forum included China's vice president, Wang Qishan, and top regulators. You have both the former and current central bank governors also speaking. And when Jack Ma took the stage? It was not a long speech. It was just about 20 minutes. But it was a 20 minutes that's been talked about for so many times now. Ma laid into regulators who had been scrutinizing Ant for years. He used the speech to make the case that tech startups shouldn't have to play by old rules. He said a lot of controversial things. He said that you cannot regulate the train station the way you regulate an airport. He said you cannot regulate the future with yesterday's means. And then he also said that traditional banks in China harbor a pawn shop mentality and that Chinese regulations are stifling financial innovation. And then the one thing that, according to our reporting, that really stuck out was he quoted Chinese President Xi Jinping in the speech. He said that President Xi once said, success does not have to come from me. And Jack Ma basically used that saying to try to justify why innovation is the key to solving China's financial problems. And according to officials who spoke with the journal, President Xi Jinping did not take kindly to this public rebuke from his country's star entrepreneur. What do we know based on our reporting is that President Xi and um, China's senior leaders were furious when they read reports about that speech. The president himself personally made the decision to investigate and to put a stop on the IPO. And then on October 31st, the Financial Stability and Development Committee, which is China's super regulator, convened. And according to statements about that meeting, one of the things they said was that we're going to put all kinds of financial activities under regulation. You know, that meeting basically cleared the way to dust off regulations that they had been working on for a long time. These proposed regulations would require Ant to follow similar rules that banks do. Take credit cards, for example. Currently, when Ant gives out a $100 credit card loan, it only contributes $2 of its own money. The rest of the money comes largely from banks that Ant works with. The new rules would require Ant to contribute $30 of every $100 loaned, making it much more expensive for Ant to keep lending money. They have to put a lot more money on the table if they want to continue their business. 
And if they do that, that will definitely have a huge impact on growth and profitability. The same day the proposed regulations came out, Ma himself got called into a meeting with regulators. And the next day, the Shanghai Stock Exchange suspended Ant's IPO, citing that meeting and changes to the regulatory environment. So if this huge blow-up all seemed to be set off by Ma's speech, why do you think he did it? Unfortunately, that's the one thing, you know, that we haven't been able to answer. We really don't know what prompted him to make this speech. But what we know is that actually this is not the first time that he lashed out on government policies, especially policies regarding financial regulation. In 2013, he also made a speech. He said the financial industry in China needs disruptors. And that speech was actually published back then by the website of the People's Daily, which is the official mouthpiece of the Communist Party. I guess what you can tell from, you know, the different outcome is just the climate, the political climate and the economic climate have changed. And Jing says the person driving that change has been President Xi Jinping, who rose to power in 2012. Ant is not the first private Chinese company, and Jack Ma is not the first Chinese businessman to be brought to their knee under Mr. Xi's government. We have seen a number of cases like that before. In the past few years, under the you know Mr. Xi's leadership, what you have seen is just a diminishing tolerance for big private businesses that have amassed a large amount of capital and influence. Do you think Ant will be able to bounce back from this? I think they will. I don't think this poses existential threats to the company, but then they do have a long, arduous road ahead of them because of the forthcoming regulations. What does that say about innovating in China for future entrepreneurs? Entrepreneurs in China definitely all collectively learned a lesson from this dramatic turn of events. You may be the richest man in China, but if what you do does not serve the state interest or is not aligned with the state's interest, then there will be consequences that you will be put in place. That's all for today, Monday, November 16th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Ling Ling Wei. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.